Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. All right, welcome into the Patriot Nation podcast. Of course, this episode of the Patriot Nation podcast is presented by FanDuel, the official wagering partner of CLNS. It is your boy, Pat Lane, with my guy, Matt St. Jean. And because, because we are doing a season preview, the game start this week. We're doing a season wow. preview. Because we're doing that, we had to bring on our guy, Mark Schofield, from SB Nation. Mark, thanks for coming on. We love this. We, you know, we love you, Mark. I mean, this is the genesis of this show comes from the Sco Show Slack channel. So, like, it it's really you know, yeah. I mean, you in many ways are <laughs> responsible for this show. Well, I'm sorry, everybody. If I'm <laughs> no, guys, I love you guys. It is great to be here. Um, it is fantastic to actually have football to talk about. I mean, it's been a long off season. It's been a very long off season. I am just excited to have games. I'm excited to dive into what could be a transformational, sig- very significant, Oof. consequential season for the New England Patriots. I don't think it's going to be as bad as everybody thinks it is, but I do think that it's an uphill climb given this division, given the AFC at large. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you look at this this conference overall, 11 teams, 12 teams, 13 teams, you can make a reasonable case for for making a playoff run. So it's going to be tough. And, yes, Africa is always playing in the background. I mean, <laughs> Your reputation precedes you. <laughs> there are a couple of, of podcasts and radio shows out there that actually have, like, dedicated Africa. Like, even they've reworked the song for me. Which, I love it. Which is tremendous. But, no, it's, it's, a legend. It's, it's awesome to be here. It's going to be a huge year. It's going to be a fun year. There are going to be some ups and downs, some broken hearts, some broken bones, but it's going to be fun to cover it all season long. I'm, and I'm glad we could pull you away from Starfield for this. It took a lot. It, it took a lot. When, when, when Pat was like, you're going to come on next Wednesday night, I'm like, oh, Starfield? I'm going to be like day six here. I mean, I, I finally <laughs> just discovered the well at New Atlantis. I, I That game is so deep. I, I've been telling friends, there's like the conversations you have with like random NPCs. Like I'm very invested in Donna, the janitor at the, at the transit station. And her boyfriend, Tony, and if they're ever going to get out of New Atlantis and explore the galaxy, it has absolutely nothing to do with the game. I'm just transfixed by it. But it's a ton of fun. We've been waiting for Starfield for, gosh, for a very long time now. Um, so it's nice to have it. And believe me, the second the show is over, I'm firing the Xbox right now. <laughs> it's a much, much anticipated September for a lot of reasons here. I mean, uh, dropping this game right before the NFL season starts, though, I mean, I told my wife, I'm like, 
I'll see you all Thanksgiving. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a tough fall. Hey, you know. Yeah. Get used to it, right? That's one of those. That's one of those. Hey, this is what it is. You know, this Look, is I mean, this I'll, is my life. You know, I'll sleep in the winter time. I guess that's I mean, right. It's yeah. fine. I'll just sit a little caught up down here. Yeah. I, got, I got my Xbox. I'll just, just live down here. I guess <laughs> it's true. It is very true, and that's you know that's what we're doing here. That's yep. just what we're doing. That's the that's way it goes. Saying. You know, yeah. I am. I'm in the middle right now. It is also fantasy football season, fantasy football draft season. I should say. I am currently in the middle of an 18-team guillotine league draft, uh, only in round eight. So we're slowly chugging along. I made eight picks, <laughs> I guess, but like I'm like, oh my god. They're like, can we start at 8.30? I'm like, can we start at 8? And they're like, I think we're going to start at 9. I'm like, dude, can we not start at 9 o'clock? And they're like, no, we're going to start at 9. I'm like, great. That's that's awesome. So That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Hopefully, yeah. you know, we don't steer Pat around <laughs> during the course of the show and convince him to draft people he shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, definitely. Fun. You know what? Put, throw your submissions in the chat who you think Pat yeah, should draft. Yeah. I like it. Yes. Ninth round sleepers. <laughs> Love Let it. Let the chat at least make one pick for you. I, I think that's. I'm, I'm in. I'm down. I'm down. Give me a name and I'll draft him. So, all right, let's get into what we're really talking about today, and that is the New England Patriots, the 2023 New England Patriots. As Mark said, he expects them to surprise some people. I expect them to surprise some people as well. I think they're going to be better than a lot of people expect. Um, man, I, I Mark, let's start with you. I guess we start on the offense, right? I mean, that's really kind of what we got to look at as the offense. What do you see offensively for them happening? We all know what it looked like last year, right? But yeah. how do you think yeah. it looks like? What do you think it looks like coming out the gates against against Philadelphia on Sunday? I mean, I think it, uh, the outset looks more like a professional offense. I, I mean, and many people spent time last year, whether it was via video breakdown, via articles, whatever, from Kurt Warner on down, Dan Orlovsky and others, Breaking down just the lack of discipline, the lack of attention to detail. I mean, you know, I remember watching and then rewatching the Thursday night, you know, Thanksgiving night game against Minnesota. It's just stuff's breaking down here. Like, like stuff's just not clicking. It's a lack of attention to detail. I, I think that's going to be gone. I also think that in the league overall, a theme that I'm going to be watching, just not just with New England, but with all 32 teams is a return to bigger football. You know, as we've seen over the past eight, nine years, this emphasis on, you know, getting smaller, quicker, faster on both sides of the mm -hmm. ball. Lighter boxes up front on defense. Too high world we're all living in. As this is going on, you're seeing 4.3, 4.4. Last year, I think 4.5 or 4.6 yards of carry. Highest ever since they've been tracking that stat league-wide. I think you're going to see New England be one of, uh, I think, at least a handful, if not more, teams. Lean into 12, 21, 13. I think Kansas City was last year one of the best teams throwing out of 13 personnel. Mahomes threw seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Best in the league throwing out of 13 personnel, three tight ends. Like, I think you're going to see a return to bigger personnel in New England, yeah. in Pittsburgh, and other organizations. And so I think you're going to see a lot of that. Obviously, there's reasons to connect those dots with New England and the Patriots, right? You add Mike Jacecki, you bring back Bill O'Brien. Obviously, 12 was a lot of what they did when he was here in his initial stint. And so I, I think it's going to look professional, number one. It's going to look bigger, number two. Will it work? I think that's the ultimate question. And I think the ultimate question facing the Patriots this year is, can the offense score enough points to help with the defense 
is what we're going to do, what we think they're going to do, which is be very good. I mean, I think we can all sort of agree that this could be a very good defense. It's just it's 2023, and does a very good defense translate to wins or does it translate to close losses? In years past, very good defenses sometimes equals close losses. If things start to turn as they have been, scoring was down last year, maybe this is finally the year where good defense, competent offense is enough to surprise. Mar, I have a question for you because I I have seen what you've seen about bigger personnel possibly being an advantage here. I have a hard time marrying that with what we actually see in some of the personnel for the Patriots in that you only got two running backs on the 53-man roster. You got rid of everybody else. And the tight ends, your top two guys, who I think are the only guys we're sure are going to be active on game day, you know, Farrah Brown just added to the 53. You got Hunter Henry, who's an all right blocker at points and Mike Gesicki, who is, you know, not yeah. really a blocker. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's, uh, it's interesting because it, it almost seems like they're going the other, they have the running backs who can be physical, but not necessarily the tight ends to back it up. No fullback on the roster. How do you see these things coming together? Yeah. And, and the thing is going to be with Jacecki because he is in many ways, a big slot, a mm-hmm. big receiver in many ways but the question becomes how do defenses treat him and i think if defenses decide that look we're still going to treat him in many ways like a tight end that's going to obviously play to their advantage because if they treat him like a tight end and they're more base personnel you know four three four three four four whatever it is whatever the case might be that will certainly work to their advantage if they decide to treat him like he is a receiver and say look we're going to stay in dime that might still be good enough because I'd be comp- confident at least that Jaseki can block a safety, can block a corner if need be. I remember being down at the Senior Bowl when he was down there and watching film with the practices that day with Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and a bunch of other people. And they had Mike Jaseki trying to do pass pro. And it's like, look, if you're lining up Mike Jaseki next to the tackle and asking him to do the pass pro more than three times a season, yeah. you've you're not doing your job as an offensive coordinator. Now he can stock block a safety. He can do things like that. You can get him on the outside and trust him to block against quarters. And so if defensive coordinators look at that, we'll call it 12 personnel package, but they treat it like it's 11 and they stay light. You can get him in some favorable blocking matchups where you can then run the ball and force them to be wrong. Because the whole idea about this personnel package is you force them to be wrong. They stay big. You can spread them out of throw. They stay light. You can get enough favorable matchups in the blocking game. The problem, though, when it comes to pass protection is if there's problems at right tackle, if there's a weakness there, and that's where starting this week defenses are going to focus their attention, and you start feeling like you've got to keep them in to at least help, or you've got to keep Henry and Jacecki or one or the other to chip and release, then it starts to take away from that ability, right? If if they're big on defense, but you can't really exploit those matchups because instead of Mike Jacecki working against a safety or a linebacker, he's going to chip and he's delayed to get out because you can't get the right tackle spot blocked up. It takes away from what you're trying to do. And so ideally it works that they can get enough from the guys up front where they can create those mismatches in the pass game if they stay big, or they can at least create some opportunities, or they stay light. You get those guys blocking against corners and safeties and things like that. That's how it's hopefully going to look. 
Yeah. Whether it works in practice remains to be seen. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I couldn't agree more like that. I, I also do wonder, and Dick Dawson was talking about, you know, 12 versus 21 personnel. And, and I don't know if you're going to get a ton of added production with 12 personnel. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, Farrell Brown, I guess is a decent blocker, right? Like, but the other two are not, they're not great blockers, right? They're just not. And so I think Henry's a little bit better than Gusecki, but he's not great. He certainly didn't do, uh, you know, a ton last year. So, you know, I wonder if 21 personnel isn't a terrible idea. Like throw Zeke and Ramondre both on the field at the same time. And who knows? Sometimes you can split Ramondre out wide or in the slot. And now Zeke is, you know, is the only back. Or you can do the same thing with Zeke. And split him out and leave him. So they're both, they both have enough explosion in the passing game where you can line them up as a receiver and they can get the job done. Right. And so I think that that, you know, and if they come in heavy with a box like that, where now you can say, hey, we're not going to run you, we're going to pass. And it looks like a run, but it's not, it's a pass. And so, you know, I, I think that they can, they have an opportunity to play with those types of things. I think you're right that Kaseki's more of a kind of that big slot. Which I know people are, you know, I guess I'd like you to explain it here because I think people are asking, isn't that what Juju's doing, right? Isn't that Juju's role? And so, like, where does Juju fit in? Where did Juju and Seki fit in? If they're on the field at the same time, what are they doing? Obviously, they're not doing the same thing, clearly, but what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, the thing about New England's offense over the years is that there is interchangeability amongst your slot, your Z. Like you use them in similar roles, but they can, you know, in years past, whether it's been Welker, whether it's been Edelman and on down the line, there's interchangeability between the slot and the Z. Now with Jusecki and Schuster, it's it, Smith Schuster, it's similar. One of those guys might be in the slot, one down, one of them might be in the slot, another down, and one of them might be then your sort of flank or your off ball guy, but you're going to have the ability to move them both around. And that's the thing about the slot and the flanker in this offense is you're going to be able to give them some two way goes. You're going to be able to give them some, you know, movement pre snap. That's going to give them advantages against the defender across the line of scrimmage from that. Number one, number two, you might have more of a tell if it's just in the slot versus Smith Schuster in terms of what they're doing schematically. Right. If Jusecki's in the in the slot, you might see more run game stuff because he might be a tiny bit better of a blocker, tiny bit better than, than Smith Schuster. But both would be asked to block in that role. But yeah. what you're trying to do is create mismatches for both of these players. If it's a situation where the defense stays big, then you might put Schuster inside, right? If they stay big, you take Smith Schuster, you put him in the slot. Now, if they're in man, you've got a corner across from him and you've got a bigger body, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a strong safety out in the boundary with Jusecki, that's favorable in terms of running the ball, right? Now you've got somebody that's probably not used to fitting against the run, a corner type, trying to do that inside the box. And so these are the kinds of things that I'm going to be watching for. So having both of those guys on the field, it does a lot of things for the offense. It does a lot of things for Mac Jones. Because think about that scenario, just walk through. You see Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot, and you see a corner across from him that's typically on the outside. You know it's man coverage. You know, and, and so it gives you that pre-snap indicator as well as a quarterback. And I'm always a huge fan of giving your quarterback as much information as humanly possible to expand that decision-making window from 
you know, 3.2 seconds from snap to throw to five, six, seven, eight seconds from pre-snap to throw. And so using those two guys in a sort of interchangeable role, I mean, think about San Francisco 49ers, what they do with Debo and Christian McCaffrey, because you might see Debo in the slot and Christian in the backfield on first down. Mm -hmm. They might flip them on second down, but run the same exact play. But now Brock Purdy knows, oh, okay, well, based on alignment, based on defensive alignment across the side of the ball, I know they're in man. I know they're in zone, or at least I have a pretty good idea of what they're doing. Now I know this is what I'm going to do once the ball is snapped. And so that's going to be a critical part of this as well, given Mac Jones information before the ball is snapped. Yeah. When we talk about that, like the, the motion that you can do, which I think is going to be back this year, thankfully, that's, you know, having a, a functional offense and some competency, being able to set that stuff up. Yeah. You also look at the additions, Juju Smith-Schuster, Gesicki, Ezekiel Elliott, all guys who have histories with an RPO offense and being able to help with that stuff. I know Gesicki and Juju in particular have been very experienced with that. So how big of a role do you think the RPOs are actually going to play this year? Is this media hype before the season, or is this no. really going to be a significant? I, I think it's going to be significant. And I mean, we know that you try not to read too much into what you see in preseason games, but the fact that you were seeing RPO stuff anyway, you know, it, it tells you that it's a core part of what they're going to do now. You know, is it going to be ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent? I mean, I think that remains to be seen. But I think the fact of the matter is, at its core, the RPO design it's a way to game the system in your favor as an offense, whether it's a box counter RPO where you're just getting to the line of scrimmage. Oh, they've got six guys in the box. We'll throw it. Oh, they've got four guys in the box. We're going to run it. Or if it's, you're actually pulling and throwing based on the, the movement of a defender, which is how different is it really than running a post dig and reading what the safety does. You're isolating the defender, seeing what he does and then doing the opposite basically. And that's what an RPO, you know, a read RPO like that is about so in terms of percentages I, I i'd hope it's something like 25 percent because let's not forget mac jones was extremely comfortable efficient when he was at alabama at running the rpo game and it wasn't just rpo throw slants it was rpo throw deep at times like they were doing some yeah. third level rpo reads and this this year is about i mean people have asked me what's a successful season look like for the patriots one where you don't feel like you have to draft a quarterback next year i think that's yeah. step one I mean, and you got to get the best version of Mac Jones you can this year. And if that, if leaning into the RPO game gets you there, then you better do it. Yeah, yeah. And when I, yeah. I think when you look when you look at the RPOs too, one of the things that has kind of come to mind for me. I know we've talked about the twenty-one personnel and how you use that. I feel like that's one thing where like RPOs can be a, a way to get Zeke and Reminder doing things at the same time, um, because you know you don't have a mobile quarterback here, so you don't have the, the QB run threat on the RPO is something you can bring. So with two running backs on the field, you can kind of have the run threat to either side with one of the running backs. And I know like it's a play for Madden. I was looking up the other day, but you see it in playbooks too. You have both of the running back to either side of the quarterback and shotgun run threat to one of them. The other one's going to motion out to the other side for a little screen pass. And you're just reading that. And it's, I think that's the kind of thing it's, you can do that motion with any player, anybody you right. want to get in space. But yeah. uh, I think, you know, and, and getting Ramondre Stevenson in space is a, a good way to win football games. Absolutely. I mean, especially look, if you're going with, if you think it's sort of the vertical stretch and the horizontal stretch, right? Where you've got Ezekiel between the tackles on inside zone as your sort of vertical north-south stretch. 
and then Ramondre Stevenson work into the flats on a swing or, you know, tear or travel motion, and then you're hitting them as your sort of horizontal stretch. It's similar in a way of using sort of inside veer, whether it's just the QB, you know, is your horizontal stretch and your running back on the inside zone is your vertical stretch. It's just you're stretching the defense sideline to sideline north and south. You're just doing it a little bit differently because you don't have the athletic quarterback that, you know, some teams like the Ravens and others have. But I also think the the Eagles who who we'll see this weekend. And I also think the point about motion and movement is a critical one. And it, you know, it used to be for years that, you know, you're running movement. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, we got Um, it used to be that, you know, movement and motion and pre-snap motion was your tell, your information for the quarterback and things like that. Defenses have caught up to that. You know, yeah. it used to be guy goes in motion, defender trails him, it's man. Guy goes in motion, nobody trails him in zone. Defenses have switched that up. So now the focus is on movement for motion for impact, right? Movement at the snap, getting the defense to react on the fly. I think that's the critical part to the movement piece here, especially, you know, that example with Ramondre getting him motioned outside, doing that right before the ball is stabbed. Now you know, okay, he's going right now. Defender goes, yeah, you're pretty sure now it's man. And now you're vacated the box. Maybe you then hand it off inside. It, it, so there's a lot that they can do in the RPO game, particularly if they go with this 21 or 20, you know, two back package that we I think we'd like to see a little bit of as the season gets going. Well, and like looking specifically at week one here, are the Patriots almost at a bit of an advantage in that they didn't use any of this stuff last year because Philly won't know what to expect. They're not going to know exactly what the packages are. They're not going to know where the players are lining up. Patriots get kind of, I don't know, a quarter or a half head start on the the offensive side of the ball and the Eagles will have to play a little bit of catch up. Yeah, I mean, look, week one's a voyage of discovery for all 32 teams. I mean, we're not... Mm-hmm. You know, for, for, for some teams, you know what you're going to get. I mean, you know Patrick Mahomes is going to do Patrick Mahomes things. I mean, for some teams, it's not going to be a surprise. But for a team like New England, new offensive coordinator, some new faces, yeah, there's going to be some learning, a learning curve for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, you know, the Eagles themselves, you know, new defensive coordinator. So there might be some things that maybe the Patriots are seeing for the first time from the Philadelphia Eagles that you didn't see last year. I think you're going to see more pressure schemes at times. I mean – the, the difference between last year's defensive coordinator was now in Arizona, Jonathan Gannon, and their new defensive coordinator, I think you're going to see more pressure. Gannon didn't want to bring too much pressure last year. You might see more of that this weekend, so that's going to be something to watch. But I think there will be a feeling out period. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a couple of three and outs here and there to start the game from both teams as they're sort of piecing things together. But you know, hopefully they've got some answers for what Sean Desai and company are going to throw at them. Well, you, you talk about pressure too. Uh, we haven't talked at all about the Patriots offensive line here. And you've got Trent Brown. Uh, we're, we're recording this. This is live on Wednesday. Today, he was he missed part of practice, was a limited participant with illness. Cole Strange, limited participant. Michael Wenu, limited participant. And we still don't know who's starting at right tackle. So not not great against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. I think in some ways, the, the story of especially the early part of the season is going to be kind of balancing the new schemes and motions and tools for the quarterback and weapons with the fact that you're still, you know, you might, you might be driving a relatively nice car here on wheels with no tires on them with this offense. And you look at the end of last year, the offensive line couldn't do anything. And it's just screen, 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 slants, stick, screen, 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 because that's all you can do trying to move the football. 
do you think there might be a little bit of deja vu here where it's yeah, you're going to have to stick to a lot of the same things they were running at the end of last year just because you can't block? Yeah, I mean, that's a fear, right? <laughs> that you can't pass protect. You can't protect in the drop back pass game. You can't protect in you know, the five-step drop game, the three-step three gun drop game. And so you have to go quick game. You have to go screens. You have to do things that we saw at the end of the last year that had all of us pulling our collective hair out. Mm-hmm. But if you can't protect the quarterback, you've got to give that a shot. And, you know, having a couple, bunch of guys battling illness to start the year, not the warm and fuzzies that we want to be feeling. Um, to have the, the questions at right tackle, you know, days before week one begins, not a situation you want to be in. And it gets to the earlier point where, like, if the only way you feel you can go drop back pass game is go and max protect – and it's suddenly two receiver routes. Again, that that's not a recipe for success at the NFL level. You can do it here and there, but if you feel like you're stuck doing stuff like that, it's not going to work long term. It's not going to work over the course of a single game, particularly when it gets a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, where as we saw last year, they can get pressure with four. I mean, and that's the problem. You know, if they can get consistent pressure with four yeah. this Sunday as they did last year and drop seven into coverage and you're going max protector, you're going chip and release with both your tight ends where they're getting into the routes late and you're basically fighting, you know, two or three against seven in the secondary, numbers don't add up that way. Yeah. No, it's it's not good. I mean, I will say Mike Reese, I think, reported that um, Trent Brown was walking through the locker room, so he thought that the illness may have been heat-related, and that's why he was limited today. So that's the hope, at least from there. I don't know. I feel like Michael Wendu is going to play. It It's kind of going in that direction. When Cole Strange initially got hurt, everyone was like, oh, yeah, Strange will be back. I don't know if Unwenu will be back. Now I've kind of flipped there. I feel like Unwenu, I'm pretty confident, is going to be back. I don't know if Cole Strange is going to be back or not. Uh, he might be, but I just don't know. And, and to that point with Brown potentially being heat-related, you know, 80 with 80% humidity on Sunday is the forecast. Like, you know, you might get some of that on Sunday itself, um, you know, and then, and then suddenly, you know, we can all look at their too deep chart. You look at it on, on our lads, there's a lot of green, meaning a lot of new faces, a lot of rookies, you know, right. uh, at the backup spots along the offensive line. And now you've got suddenly some, some rookies stepping in against the defending NFC champions and a team that can get pressure with four because guys are sidelined with cramps, with, with dehydration, or it's just, look, you've been on the field for a while now and it's 85 degrees right. out with 80% humidity. You need to take a breather. Again, like both teams will have to deal with that, obviously, but on the other side of the ball, the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And so – one team has questions up front, one team doesn't, you often see which way that goes. Yeah. Well, and the other part of it too is that if Calvin Anderson is the answer at right tackle, which it seems like he's going to be the guy that's going to start there, he hasn't played at all. He hasn't really even practiced at all. So you talk about guys being tired of being worn down, you know, and not being in shape to play in those hot, in that hot weather for an entire game. I mean, Calvin Anderson's got to be like first on that list because there's a question of, you know, he's just not, he's just not ready. He hasn't done it at all, you know? So I I think that that's certainly a concern. And again, when, when the other side of the ball is so dominant, they have such a stark advantage over you in that position. And I think 
the defensive fronts. The, the front seven of the Patriots is very good. Yeah. The front seven of the Eagles is also very good, too. The difference is the Eagles have a great offensive line, and the Patriots might have an okay offensive line, but we don't know. Yeah, and, and with Anderson, to your, your point there, Pat, you know, given the limited experience and limited run time with this offense and things like that, you better have Michael Wendell next to him, right? Yep. You know, because right. he's going to need to help him, you know, walk him through some things, walk him through some calls if necessary. And if Wendell can't go and suddenly you've got a rookie at guard, you know, you've yes. got two new faces on the right side. At least they're on the right side. So Mac Jones could potentially see it coming. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, And That's then, and this, you know, leads you to the situation where the tight end has to stay in the block a little bit more. That hamstring is a passing all game. Sort of right? flows it's downhill. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the, so I think, yeah. Eight offensive linemen active on game day. We may see all eight. <laughs> you may see all eight play. Yeah. 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 So, all right, let's, uh, this is a great conversation. Let's, let's take a word from our sponsors first and then, uh, and then we'll be right back. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Go visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It is 21 and up in present Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. All right, we're back. And I apologize for me dropping out earlier. I, I got what was supposedly upgraded internet. I got allegedly it right in the other room uh, an extender for my Wi-Fi, and yet somehow my internet still dropped. So that was extenders. Great. Extenders never work for me. They don't no. do that. Like I've tried never. putting them around. It just never. I got to get me like one of those Google Mesh systems. Those are supposed to. Be <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. We just moved into this apartment a month ago, and I made sure I was like, "Hey, I, we're we're getting the router as close to my office as we possibly can." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, ours is like plugged in right here, so I'm directly into it. But the rest of the house, like the kids are trying to watch videos and stuff, and they're like, <laughs> "I keep getting dropped off." I'm like, oh, that's a shame. Anyway, I gotta go do work. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. or play Starfield. One Darbu goes right about about that here. The only solution is a very long cable to the router. He's right. Yeah. Yes. But that's like all the way on the other side of the house. You know what I mean? That's a so that's open, an extreme open up some idea. walls and run a court. Right. Have a, Which have I mean, listen, <laughs> I just did do a ton of renovation. Hence, being being in the I mean, there's nothing in the back. In the My parents were very nice and gave me gave me a really cool Tom Brady picture to put in the background today. And I didn't know where everything was going to go, and I really didn't want to put a nail in the in this brand new wall. So I was like, well, you know, <laughs> this, what are you going to do? So I'll use it. I'll use it later on. Um, but. Um, but anyways, uh, I go had a good question here about um, the penalties up front. I hit show and then I hit hide. Do you think we'll be very penalty prone up front? And I think that's a good question just because you, there's a lot of question marks about who's going to be the guy 
on the offensive line. And then the other part of it, not only that, but the other part of it is when you say, okay, fine. But now you look at the Eagles and how good their defensive line is. And now, so you start to really wonder like, yeah, that might make sense that we will see a decent amount of penalties if that's the case. Yeah, I, I think it is a great question. And I think we probably will see, you know, more than a handful of penalties up front as a result. I mean, if you're caught between giving up a clear sack and at least grabbing on and holding on for dear life and hoping it doesn't get called, you know what you're going to do. Right. Um, you know, the old adage you could call holding on every play and things like that. And plus, again, it's week one. You might see some, you know, false starts and things like that as as guys get used to things as simple as the cadence, you know, mm-hmm. and what the cadence is like. Again, speaking to Anderson, if he is indeed the starter right tackle. And so, you know, it's week one. You're going to see some mistakes. But, again, as we've seen from Belichick and the Patriots in the past, like, they sometimes treat September as an extended training camp where you're trying to figure out your best units on both sides of the ball and, and things like that. You might see some mistakes. I think you'll see mistakes league-wide. Now we get ironed out for each team over the course of the year, but you'll see some yellow on Sunday. Yeah. And, hey, one uh, one reassuring thing for Pat's fans. Calvin Anderson has one career penalty. So, um, How about that? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, we should be hearing, you know, holding number 76 on offense a little bit less this season than nice. in the past couple there of years. Go. There you go. That would be nice. Yes, that would be nice. Yeah, no no holding penalties. It was a false start. That's his only one in his career. Wow. Wow. He hasn't – I mean, admittedly, he hasn't really played too much. But I'm still, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you had to mention that. I mean, you know, <laughs> he just left it as, hey, you didn't get a lot of penalties. Pat um, being the downer as always. I, yeah, it's, yeah. it's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, uh, Dark Blue Gold asked about the, about the uh, kicker and punter as well. I think Barringer, to me, is fun to watch. I don't know. You know, some of those – some of those uh, inside the 20 punts, I think, could be problematic with him. It looked like he had a little bit of trouble that with that in the preseason. Um, but, you know, as far as regular punts, I'm not super concerned about him. I am interested to see how Chad Rowland does because yeah. it's a different animal when you're kicking, when the bright lights are on, you're not at practice, you're at the game. It's a 425 nationally televised game. Is it going to be in a big moment and you're asked to kick a big kick? And what does that look like? Right. So um, I have some faith in the kid. Obviously, they traded up to get him. They obviously think he's a good player. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if their special teams wasn't dominant on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, because you've got obviously new faces, a kicker and puncher. The other thing to consider is, again, weather could be a factor. There's potential thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. You might have rain. Like, mm-hmm. You know, this the snap, the hole, the snap and the placement and things like that could be affected if there is wet conditions. Now, the thing with Ryland, you know, he's kicked in some conditions before that that was part of the reason that they were confident to go get him because he's somebody that you saw his game at Michigan where he's splitting from 50 in some sort of raw conditions. And so I, I think there's hope that this unit will be good this year, but it might take some time. Um, and like you said, though, Pat, it's it's different when it's a you know twelve nude start and the Big Ten on Saturday, and it's four twenty five on a Sunday and you know maybe Tony Romo's in town and Jim Nancer in town things like that and Tom Brady's in town. Mm-hmm. I'm looking on looking on as well and so yeah it, it, it's a different animal executed in that kind of environment but they would trade it up to to get him for a reason they felt comfortable rolling with him as their kicker for a reason. 
hopefully they're right. Yeah, rocking that number 37, Damian Harris's old number. It, it's it's weird seeing that on a kicker. It's very weird seeing it on a kicker. Um, but I, I, I'm kind of I, – I like the new number rules. I know some people don't. I like it. Let people wear it they yeah. want to wear. I, the only rule is if you're more – you can only wear zero if you're more than 350 pounds. Like I think that should be the only <laughs> new numbers rule, right? We don't need kickers. We don't need like slut guys, guys my size running around at zero. You got to be like the Ted Washingtons of the world to wear zero. That would be incredible. I Ted Washington big, wearing the big number zero. See, yeah. I feel like you've got to bust up the double zero for that one. Yeah, that's yeah, probably right. even a better call. Like the double Maybe zero. even a, trip, a triple zero a tri- for uh, some zero? of the guys out there. <laughs> it's still zero. So, one, two, or three zeros on there Great is still point. zero. It's yeah. a little Just math, quick, little math tonight quick, on the Wednesday yeah. night. Love it. Qu- quick note: while we're talking jersey numbers and specialists, they released the media day picks or whatever the other day, and both Chad Ryland and Bryce Baringer had their jersey numbers are the old font from like the from 2019. I don't know why they still have those numbers laying around to sew on the jerseys, but equipment, somebody's got to get that. Love that equipment manager now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't have mistakes like that. Yeah. No, not a good omen. Not a good. Not omen. a good omen. I love how people are like noticed it right away, and I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. I had, had no. I'm, I'm a font geek, so this is this is my specialty. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. Um, I will say, Bryce Barringer. I really wanted Bryce Barringer to wear 99. Like, I really wanted that to happen. And then I saw Keon White in 99. And I was like, yeah, okay, didn't want to no, that's no, that's yeah. the right, that's that's the right call. <laughs> that's, Keon that's White needs to be wearing ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, he's going to be White, should, a beast. Continue. Yeah. Should, should we talk some defense? Speaking of Keon White, yes, yes. Let's do that. So where I, we, I, yeah. Where well, do we start I think with this. Well, so I, I think the biggest question to me, and we could go back and forth about you know the front seven and so on. I think the biggest question is going to be the secondary right you got Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback you know what are they gonna do to stop Jalen Hurts number one but the problem with Jalen Hurts is he's not just a running quarterback he's also a great thrower of the football but he has two dynamic receivers and a very good tight end and so you're gonna have to it's gonna put that secondary to the test right away you're gonna need Jack Jones to play well. You're going to need Christian Gonzalez to play well in his first career game. Maybe going up against either Devontae Smith or AJ Brown. It's not, yeah. it's, it's a tough ask for, you know, for anyone, never mind, you know, a rookie. So I think that's going to be the biggest question mark for the Patriots. And of course, then you wonder what does that defense really look like without Devin McCourty? Uh, and you get a very tall test day one, right? So, what do you think it looks like for the Patriots secondary out there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a, a critical question facing this defense. You know, perhaps the main question facing this defense season long is what does the secondary look like? How does the secondary hold up? Because I think we can all sort of agree the front, the front seven, that's no real worries going into the season with that group. It's more the secondary and what you're going to get. And I think this week, the first question is probably a philosophical one because of Jalen Hurts is this a man-heavy game or a zone-heavy game? Like, are you going to turn your back to Jalen Hurts, who's somebody that has shown over the years that if he sees grass, he's going to make you pay? Like, he he has no problem pulling the ball down and running. And and so are you going to play man and turn your backs to him, or are you going to play more zone, keep eyes on him? And then if you're playing zone, like, you're going to want to switch things up. You're going to want to try to confuse him. 
okay, well, now you've got Christian Gonzalez, like, spitting coverage at the snap. You've got guys that are in new spots spitting coverages at the snap. You might get missed assignments. You got, might get missed rotations that way, leading to some big plays in the passing game because mm-hmm. Hurts will make you pay for mistakes. If you stay in man, now you've got Gonzalez with either Brown or Devonta Smith in a one-on-one situation in your first game as a rookie against a quarterback who likes to attack man coverage, particularly downfield in the vertical passing game, where your safeties come into play. Again, that gets to the Devin McCourty situation. It's a tough challenge. It's a tough challenge. I think it's a week where you're going to throw everything you can at them. Like you're going to want to do some man stuff. You're going to want to do some man match stuff. You're going to want to do some pure zone stuff, but spinning the safety to the snap and trying to make Hertz take that extra second to sort of read things out and hope that you're all on the same page when it comes to spinning your coverage. You're going to want to keep eyes on him at times. You're going to want to spy him at times, you know, on a third and six situation. You don't want to give him, you know, an easy shot to like break the pocket and pull it down and pick up a, th- a first down with his legs. And so it's a tough task defending this offense, you know, because they've got a great offensive line. They can literally probably just line up in 11 personnel and just run zone and stretch and, and, and wear you down that way. You can hope your front can sort of play that to a stalemate because of the talent they have up front. But then it gets to that matchup, Jalen Hurts and those receivers and that tight end against the secondary they're going to need to be at their best on Sunday if they're going to pull this out. Well, I think there's it's Matt. Really I don't mean to. I don't mean to interrupt right. you, Matt. But we're not going to talk about this. But Light <laughs> Engine just said, "Did you see? This is the most Jets slash Aaron Rodgers thing of all time. I haven't seen it. We're not going to discuss. But it says, <laughs> did you see Aaron Rodgers talk about seeing a UFO and how it set alarms off at a nuclear power plant? I, I just, I, I." I that's- I've been saying all offseason long that this Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets thing goes one of two ways. It's either a spectacular <laughs> success or spectacular failure. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't see a middle ground. Right, here. there is. And the man's yeah, talking about UFOs, and he's going on astrology <laughs> podcasts, and he's, you know, you know uh. he had his, his hands on some Ayukasa this offseason. Like, it's going to be fun to watch. And I yeah. we say this uh, as Patriots fans because – Again, their schedule is not easy out of the gate. I mean, no, Bills, the schedule, Cowboys, Pats, Bills, Cowboys, Pats Chiefs, yeah, yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Like they could go two and two out of the gate with that schedule, and it looks good on paper. But what does the back page of the New York Post look like if Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are two and two? You know, he's in the honeymoon yeah. Ayukasa phase with the New York media right now. It's a lot different if they're two and two or three and three come Halloween. That's correct. Well, and it's. That's one of those two. I mean, if the offense isn't what you think it is, you could be zero and four one month into yeah. the season with that schedule. I don't think that's likely, but uh, you know, the the back page of the New York Post and a pair of primetime home games, the the most hyped Jets game since the Brett Favre era, possibly yep. again oh, easily. Yeah. You got your the reigning division champ and the reigning Super Bowl champ. You lose both of those in any non-competitive way, and. This, uh, yeah, buy-in matters in the NFL. Look what happened yeah. to the Broncos last year. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Quite and, true. And let's, what, again, so so their first eight games, six of which are against playoff teams a year ago, okay? The other two are the Patriots and the Broncos at Denver, which is never an easy place to play. And by the way, those two teams seem to hate each other right now. Yep. And, coaches and, do at least. So, at least the coaches do at least. And if we don't get a punch thrown uh, during that game, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. I mean, somebody's got to throw some hands there. I mean, look, you, you, 
So yeah, that, that's mean, that, week five, right? That's week five. And if the yeah. if the Broncos look somewhat competent, I don't know what the Broncos' schedule looks like to start, but if they're somewhat competent and they're two and two heading into that, and the Jets are you know one and three, and you know their their only win is I don't know, I'll say their only win is that Pat's home game or something yeah. like that in that stretch. Like all right, well there uh, there's gonna be a lot of tensions there. There's oh, yeah. A lot of tension. Oh, yeah. Sean Payton, after everything that happened this summer, would love to sort of drop <laughs> so them to one and four. I mean, I, so look, good. I'm just, again, yeah. maybe it works. Yeah. Maybe it works, but right. but maybe there's a world where it doesn't. I'll tell you, I, where I live here in New York, we got to like move the car all the time. We got alternate side parking and all that. And every time I move the car, it's let me turn on some local <laughs> sports talk radio and just listen to what's going on and yeah. it's amazing every single time it just it never it always lives up to the hype they're, they were asking well it's that but they're also like the callers asking for permission to be excited about the team and it's really funny <laughs> well because that's just it because in the back of their mind they're like is this far 2.0 right like it, it, when is it this never goes we'll well walk it into yeah yeah and they, yeah. they know i mean they're, they're they're charlie brown with the football you know, the NFL sure. media <laughs> is holding it in front of them right now. And they're like, all right, fine. We're going to get really excited because this is the time. We're going to get to kick it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's yeah. get back to the Patriots. Uh, yeah. So defensively, I, I Matt, you here. go ahead, Matt. Yep. Yeah. Because I think one of the more interesting kind of storylines or matchups on Sunday with Goddard and Jalen Hurts, I think those are two guys who put a lot of stress in the middle of the field. Like they'll occupy the safeties, not the linebackers, and confuse the heck out of them. And the second you overcommit there, they can beat you deep down the sidelines. So they're a matchup nightmare for everybody, but in some ways a real real nightmare for the Pats because you know they, they have a strength uh, with uh, being able to play against safeties that might actually be able to match how good the Patriots' safety room is. They might be able to negate some of that advantage. Well, flip side, Jalen Hurts didn't play this preseason, and it's a new offensive coordinator, and you're going on the road against one of the best defensive coaches of all time, and there might be inclement weather. And it's like, I feel like everything's on the table here. You know, the, the Eagles coming in and putting up 35 like they did in the Super Bowl is totally possible. And them coming in and, and laying a, a goose egg or, you know, score 10 points and the offense never gets into gear is also totally possible. And I just, I have no idea which way it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, if it turns into a slot fest somehow on on Sunday, that could happen. I mean, I, I know – look, Brian Johnson is under a tremendous amount of pressure because he's inheriting that offensive line. He's inheriting a quarterback who took the leap last year and at one yep. point this summer was the highest-paid player in NFL history. Now, he was also in the room as part of that coaching staff you know, as the quarterback's coach under Shane Steichen. So there is some familiarity, but he hasn't called plays in the NFL before uh, unless I'm missing something. And it's one thing to sort of put together a practice script, put together your first 10 for a game script. It's another thing to start reading and reacting and, and saying, okay, well, this is what Belichick is showing us. This is what we've got to do now. You know, play sequencing when you're off script and off the first 15 is going to be something that he's going to have to learn as the season goes. And eventually this offense may be what we saw last year from Philadelphia. It may be that offense that put up 35 points in the Super Bowl, but it might take some time. It might not happen in week one. And again, if it's a slot fest and if the Patriots are able to do some things and show them some different looks that get him sort of second guessing what he wants to do or getting him hesitant about what he wants to call next yep. and, and rethinking some things, that could play to their advantage. And so, again, I, I used the term voyage of discovery earlier. It's a voyage of discovery for Brian Johnson calling plays for this offense for the first time against Bill Belichick and company. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and that's and that's why you know Vegas has the line at three and a half, four. I mean, like because no one knows, right? Nobody yeah. knows what's what's going to happen. And what we saw from twenty twenty two, the Eagles should kill the Patriots, but there's a lot of question marks on both sides, right? The Eagles should be ready to go, but they might not be, and you know we don't know what the weather's going to look like, and the Patriots' offense looks like it's going to be better than it was last year. So like, there's all those things that kind of add up to there's a chance that the Patriots come in and win this game. Uh, and that would be awesome. And I think, you know, I, I think the Patriots defense will have a big, big part to do with this. I think Marte Mapu is a guy that is going to play a big role on Sunday. I really do think that I know he's a rookie. I get it, but he is the exact type of guy that they've been looking for. He is athletic enough to play safety, but he also hits hard and re I mean the big thing with him is that when he reads his key and finds it he explodes downhill uh and is violent at the point of attack and so I think that he's that type of guy that maybe they put him out there to spy Jalen Hurts I don't know right maybe they just say go take care of Jalen Hurts and don't let him get outside of you right if he runs you go get him you know and I think that that if he's able to do that and again tall task for a rookie, right, to ask him to do something like that. But if they're able to slow him down, that could be a recipe for the Patriots slowing down that entire offense and having a chance to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great call, the spy scenario, you know, certainly on some third and six, you know, third and down passing situations where, you know, the last thing you want to do is, like I said, have good coverage but give up the first down anyway. I mean, this is, you know, he was kind of built for that role out of the gate. And I think the, the thing you want to do with him is let him fly around and make plays. Like if he's going to be wrong, let him be wrong at a hundred miles an hour. Like yep. it, it's so, you know, use him as a spy, use him as a blitzer, use him as the outside anchor on scrape exchange where you're going to hope that Hertz pulls it and he's the guy looping around to, to hit the edge there. And so let him be wrong at a hundred miles an hour. When you're doing that, it's a defense. Sometimes you're going to be right. And it's going to be a big play. And I'm excited to see him grow over the course of this year. I mean, I'm reminded of, you know, Kyle Duggar and athletic, but didn't kind of know what he was doing. Let him run around and make plays and seeing how he's developed. See if we can see a similar path here with him. Well, and it's funny because you talk about Mac. I'm sorry. Just one thing here. We talk about Mac Wilson and, you know, being that guy. And, you know, I, I told you I was on with Spence. We talked about it uh, before the show. I was on with Spence over at Buffalo Rumors last night. And he was talking about, a Josh Allen play against the Patriots where Allen rolls out, breaks a tackle, is going out of bounds, throws the ball back across his body for a touchdown. And yeah. Mac Wilson's right there. He's got him. He makes the play and he misses the tackle, right? Cause he's not aggressive enough and he's not, that's a play that has to get made. And yep. I don't know if Marte Mapu can make that play on a consistent basis. I don't know, but I feel like I've seen enough of Mac Wilson to feel confident that he's not going to make it consistently. And so I'm excited about the opportunity and I'm excited about the the chance to see a guy like Marte Mapu do that. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And you look at the guys like you talk about Mapu, Jalen Mills has looked re-energized to this preseason yeah. and is a guy who brings a lot as a run defender too, which I didn't necessarily expect, but you saw that and Peppers and Ducker and Phillips, all these bodies. 
You want to combat an elite tight end and an elite rushing threat as a quarterback and clog the middle of the field. That's how you do it. You can we've, we've used the phrase spin the dial all offseason long talking about what the safeties can do it means you can rotate in either direction and have somebody who can spy the quarterback and you're going to feel comfortable athletically with the way they match up and have somebody athletically who can match up with the tight end. And I don't think there's a lot of teams out there who can do that. Now, the flip side is you get that light on the field. Philly may just play bully ball with you. Um, right. And that's that's the risk. Um, and I think that's the, the tough thing about Sunday is, all right, is Philly going to be physical enough in the running game to bully your safeties that you like who are athletic off the field and force you to have Anthony Jennings out there instead of Josh Uche and Johnny right. Tavai out there instead of Marte Maku or Jabril Peppers and right. you're stuck just trying to load the box to stop the run. Yeah, and, and that is sort of the fear that we talked about earlier is that, look, you know, if this turns into a slob fest or, you know, Philly could just line up under center and just hand it off and run zone, run stretch, and just wear you down, even if you you decide to go big, they could still wear you down. That's how yeah. good that offensive line is. But, you know, coming back to Mills for a second, because, you know, his interception of Stroud in their first preseason game is an example of the things that an experienced veteran player can do, the unexpected, you know, because I, I remember it, it was the first preseason game and everybody was so excited just to have football back at the moment that pick happened. Everybody was like, what coverage is it? Was it one? Was it one robber? Was it two man? No, it, it was it was covered too. He, he was just freelancing. Because he's like, look, I knew I had responsibilities on the tight end. He's in the backfield. So I was going to make it look like too high. You know, because it, it it was sort of a man coverage, but you know, I was going to freelance and confuse him a little bit. You know, and he got a rookie quarterback, but you can get veteran quarterbacks doing things like that. And, and so having that experience again, that spin the dial idea with the safeties and the different things you can do with that unit, it's going to be big. But if it doesn't matter because they're just getting five or six yards of pop running the ball inside, not too much you can do as a safety right. end. Yep. Well, and if 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 they you know, you have to have Bentley and Devi and, and all your heavy run stuffers out there in the middle of the field, then that leaves you more open to the play action shots yeah. and maybe yeah. even some of the deep shots down the sideline if they're they're forcing you to load the box. So, you know, I obviously we've there's been a lot of discussion about how the run and how play action gets set up, but uh, I, I think you want to be as athletic as possible out there against this team. And oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. personnel is gonna yeah. be big. Yeah, and Bentley's. I mean, Bentley. I think is is their number one run stuffer. He's the guy that needs to be out there to stop the run. But you know, you can't have too many guys like him and Tavai on the field on a consistent basis because they're going to get beat in the pass game. Now, Bentley yeah. showed improvement. I mean, he had a great pass breakup against Joe Mixon last year and played really well in that in that Cincinnati game. But he hasn't shown it consistently over the course of his career. Now, maybe he'll get better at that. But, you know, it's alarming when you see the type of offense these guys have if you can't play in that sub packages and you have to bring those big guys on. You're just, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble if, you know, and they could be running, you know, two backs and one tight end and two receivers and they could run the ball on you and now they're running it down your throat. And it's like, well, the two receivers are AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, like, and the yeah. tight end is Dallas Goddard. So, like, you know, they're a problem even when they're in a run set. They're a problem throwing the ball, and so that's that's part of the issue is that you have to be able to stop the run with, you know, Bentley can be on the field, but you really can't have Bentley and Tavai and Jennings on the field at the same time 
if you're thinking about, you know, trying to stop the pass. Yeah, yeah that's a tough ask. So, yeah. So, all right. So, before we before we wrap up here, what is what's your prediction? I, we've, we've kind of danced around it. What do you think is going to happen out there on Sunday, Mark? I mean, look, I think the Patriots have a chance to steal this game. I do. Um, Philadelphia is the better team. You yeah. know, we, we talked about their offensive line. You know, the, the difference between the two offensive line. Sometimes games just come down to what you get up front. And Philly's got one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. Patriots have some questions along the offensive line. We, we've talked about that. But look, look, they can find a way to steal this game. I mean, we talked about some of the things, some of the questions that the Eagles face. Ultimately, I think it's close. I think the Patriots keep it to within a field goal. Uh, I think they cover. Um, but I do think Philly finds a way to win it. Mm. I kind of feel the same way. I feel yeah. I yeah. I kind of feel the same way. And I know some people but, Robert but the Hark, thing the is Patriots, though, 44-13. The I love, though, it. love it. That would be an impressive result. You know, Philly comes in yeah. and they win yeah. this thing 24 21. Right. You know, there's no such thing as moral victories and things like that. But that's not a bad result, all things considered, in week one of the National Football League to lose to the defending NFC champions in week one in a non conference game. Like, right. you know, if Philly comes in and it's 45 10 Philly, we're sitting here Sunday night thinking, man. Um, yeah, so all not the stuff we thought. thought might come together, not what we thought. Right. If it's a field goal type game or even a 27-20 type game, I'm walking out of thinking, you know what? Yeah, you know, they couldn't beat the defendant NFC champions in week one, but it's week one in September. There's a long way to go, and they're going to get better. I'm feeling pretty happy about the, the trajectory of this team, if that's the result, and that's what we're, the conversation we're having Sunday night. I'm thinking, you know what? You know, I, we've got a bowl predictions piece coming out at SB Nation on Thursday, I believe. And one of the ones I wrote is every team in the AFC East finishes 500 or better, you know, because that's really what I think could happen. Mm. You know, the Patriots could come in at, say, nine and eight or something like that. Right. And if they lose 27 20 on Sunday to this team, I'm feeling pretty good about that prediction. Yeah, I agree. I haven't lost more than 10 games since 2002. So yeah. it's been a long time. Yeah, this this, this idea of you know four and thirteen and things like that. Look, they've got a tough schedule. It's going to be a tough division, but if they have a narrow loss to Philly, I'm feeling pretty good about them having a lot better record than those projections. And, and I think you're looking you're looking for process more than results on Sunday right. too. You want Especially to see all right. Yeah, and it's we we saw the rookies in preseason. Now you get to see them against some of the best players in the NFL, especially the defensive guys that you took at the top. And this is a nice measuring stick to see how much of an impact you're going to be able to make year one. And if any of those guys yeah. are making an impact week one, you're going to feel good because they're going against some of the best players at their positions. Um, and offensively, you know, you want to see an offensive line that can block enough to run an offense. You know, if some of the 50-50 balls don't go your way, that's going to happen sometimes. Um just yeah, you know, yeah, no, I agree. By the way, Robert, uh, you will not be watching at 10 a.m. There, it's a 4:25 game, and I think I'm surprised it's not the national game. I'm really surprised. I know Robert lives in Arizona, I believe. I'm surprised it's not the four. It's or does Robert it, live in? Yeah, he lives in Arizona, I'm pretty sure. But I'm surprised that's not the national. If it isn't, so I, I thought Tony Romo is, was on the call, isn't he? 
he is. It is a national game, but I had actually just seen shout out to 506sports.com. If anybody doesn't know that website, they put up the maps where you can see where every game is being broadcast. Uh, yes. Um, I think there's another game. Yeah, the the Vegas and Broncos game Ugh. is getting a lot of the West Coast. And also, you've got the the Miami and uh, Los Angeles Chargers I've, game mm, at the same time. True. This is an interesting map that this the, – first of all, 506. The NFL season doesn't start until you pull it up for the first time. You know, that <laughs> Wednesday of week one. It's such a great website. I'm very intrigued by that, like, Portland, Oregon pocket that's getting that chargers i guess that would probably be the the oregon justin herbert market that they're getting that yes. dolphins chargers game that i guess that makes sense but yeah weird map weird map makes sense makes yeah, sense this is there uh, it is. that's what it looks like yeah, yeah. Red, red red's the pats game blue is miami and the chargers green is vegas and denver so that's uh on the cbs late slot on sunday wow. that's who's going to be seeing it I'm just excited because this is year one for me with uh, DirecTV, well, not DirecTV, YouTube TV, uh, Sunday Ticket. Because we 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 used to have DirecTV when we lived downtown D.C., but we got rid of it. We were doing the streaming thing. Now we got YouTube. They got the whole multi-view thing that that they got going now. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. You know what? I didn't. It's nice to. No, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Well, you can enjoy the one o'clock window and be overwhelmed by football coming back, and then, and then focus in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's, I'll tell it's you, be fantastic. I'm, I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to be there. So this is why I don't, you know, I don't have red zone. I don't have, well, I have red zone, but I don't have like direct TV. I don't have that stuff because I'm like, I already like I go to half the games anyways, so it's not yeah. worth the money for me to pay that. But I am. I can't even tell you how excited I am about Tom Brady coming back. Like, I, I just think I think that's going to be so cool. And, you know, they're doing the ribbon cutting, I believe, tomorrow on Thursday. It's going to be it's going to be really, really fun. Um, and I think he's going to be back. It sounds like a ton of players are going to be yeah. back. I'm sure they're going to do something with him, you know, in the in one of the luxury boxes or even in the lighthouse. I, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea, right? But they're gonna do something, right? Like, is he gonna be in the luxury box? Is he gonna be up on the walkway up top? Like, I don't know. Is he gonna be on the middle of the field? Like, you know, I have no idea, but somehow he's gonna be there somewhere, and people are gonna go absolutely insane. Like when anytime he comes out, it's gonna be insane. And I just all I want for them, all I'm asking them, and I hope that I assume they're gonna do this. But all I'm asking them is that when he walks onto the field for the first time, they got to play public service announcement because that's his song. Yes. As he walks on the field, they got to play. I mean, just so yeah. cool. And they did Absolutely. it when he came. They did it when he came out with Tampa. And yeah. you got to think they're going to do it again. Like, I just, oh, it's going to be awesome. He's got to open the locker room doors, right? Maybe you, you kind of think so. I mean, he's got to do something like that, right? But I don't. But see, now it's like they got all this new stuff. They just did all this thing. Like, is he yeah. going to be in one of those boxes somewhere or something? Or like, you know, I don't even know if the lighthouse is open yet. But like, is he going to be like in the lighthouse or something or what? You know, I don't know. You know, like, but somehow he's going to be there pumping people up, whether it's yeah. you know at the whether it's there or somewhere else. It's it's going to be. Oh, I I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. 
well, and it's light engine brings this up too. Mac will feel kind of small in that game with Brady there. This is the thing that's tough too. We got a third year quarterback. They drafted in the first round, the new offensive coordinator facing yep. the defensive NFC champs. And all everybody's talking about is Tom Brady being back, which is fair. But you know what? But also, it's a weird position for Mac. <laughs> you know what, though? I think that's almost that's not a bad thing necessarily for him because no. all the eyes aren't on him, they're on Brady. And so he has the ability to go out and just play ball and not worry about anything else, you know? And there's a lot of questions, of course, but like people are almost dismissing Mac, but, and I, not necessarily people in the New England area, but people around the country are just basically dismissing Mac at this point. And he has the ability to kind of look at it and just say, Hey, you know, like whatever, like, let's see what happens, you know? And, and don't worry about what any of those guys saying, just go out and play your game, you know? Yeah. 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 The flip Absolutely. Side, if- if Mac ruins Brady's return, then people are going to be very upset online after this. Oh, game. I mean, if he plays <laughs> like mean, garbage, yeah. you know, I mean, fine, but you know, so hopefully it doesn't we'll come to that. Yes, yeah. you never know. Why well, tweeted out uh, Brady just keeps talking about comeback for entire. I know, I saw that. that. I stuff. was like, eh, yeah. and I was like, well, you never know. Maybe he just I suits know. up and he's running out. You know, <laughs> I mean, what what would the reaction be if he suddenly sprints out of the you know out of the locker room? <sighs> you get that pads yeah. on. The, yeah. the the building would explode. It would explode. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So It'd be wild. Um, but anyways, all right, let's go. We got we got two segments left that we're gonna do. Actually, I don't even know if we're gonna it's get three. to the third one, but I guess I guess yeah. we got three segments left. Sheesh. All right. We'll First one is gonna be we're doing um prop bets this year, and they are exclusively on FanDuel prop bets. So mm-hmm. Matt and I are gonna have a little competition all year long. We will tell you what's gonna happen at the end of the season yet. But don't worry about that just now. But Matt and I are going to have a little competition going on. We have two prop bets per game, okay? And uh, and so we'll read them off. Mark, did you come up with two? I don't know if you wanted to or not. I Let's see. I, I don't know if I've got DraftKings. I can come up with some. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Yeah. So I will go. Why? I'll go first. And I don't I, I might be breaking a rule here because the podcast doesn't come out till Friday, but it is Wednesday night. And so I'm going with I'm going with a prop bet from Thursday. So if you're live right now, one of the 84 people watching, you can go on FanDuel and throw this in right now. Jared Goff over 256.5 passing yards. I mean, if Jared Goff doesn't hit 257 passing yards, like what are we doing here, man? It's going to be an absolute nightmare of a game for everyone involved. Um, I think that that is a really really safe over for me. I like that one. See, I I thought this was just for the Pats game, so no. I, I, mine are both mine are both Pats. Ones. That's okay. That's all we're right. Start, we're starting that way. Well, my my first one leading off here, which I think I was going to take anyway, um, and I'm going to have an article on Pats pulpit also with some bets, and this one's going to be in there too. Uh, right now, Ezekiel Elliott anytime touchdown score is plus plus two thirty on Fanduel. It's going to be the money. Patriots goal line back. Um, and I, you know, at plus 230, you can, you know, bet that a couple of weeks in a row. And he's going to get it once and you're going to make some money back on it. So I, I really like that Ezekiel Elliott one. I like that. It's a good one. That's a good one. Mark, you got one over there? I do. First one I'm looking at, uh, Washington against Arizona. you got the Cardinals coming east. Washington is going to be able to take care of business, I think, against an Arizona Cardinals roster. We don't expect to be too good. They're already – being linked with Caleb Williams. Yeah. Now, I, again, I've got DraftKings, but team total touchdowns for Washington, the over is 2.5 at plus 100. I'm taking that. 
Oh, that's they are I mean, that's they are going to score early and often, I think. And yes, it's Sam Howell and company. I think that Arizona team is going to be bad. And I think Sam Howell is going to light things up this year a little I bit. I think he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. So, so. So, yeah. That's I, I just don't with how with how bad the Washington franchise has been and how bad the Cardinals franchise but, is. Yeah, but I don't want to touch that they're game. So like, energized it like, now. It's a new yeah, organization. A, first yes, game. Yeah, being down here, like 1067 the fan had a burgundy and sold party the day that that sale went through <laughs> so right good. near Nationals Park. And it was packed wall to wall people. Like the it. excitement down here that Snyder is gone, that team could go two and fifteen. It'd be the best two and fifteen record in Washington football history. I agree. I agree. All right, my second one is similar to yours, Matt. I have Jamal Williams with an anytime TD. Um, it's it's not great odds, but it doesn't matter. Jamal Williams is the number one back in in New Orleans. They have a pretty good matchup this week, and he had what like ninety seven touchdowns last year. Like he's going to score a touchdown week one. I like that. Right. That's a good pick right there. 97 That's might a be pick. a little bit of a hyperbole, but, you know, you get the <laughs> Yeah. All right. I found the non-Pats one to throw Ooh. in the mix here okay. that okay. I like. Okay. I, uh, well, we got we got a, a week one matchup here with a team that I think has gotten a little bit overhyped, and that's the New York Giants, especially that defense. I'm not sure how much I trust it. I'm taking the over on C.D. Lamb receiving yards. Ooh. It's at 74 and a half right now. Give me that. Cowboys coming into New York and, and throwing all over the Giants. Dak lighting it up. I think we're going to see that happen. I like it. So for me, my other one, going kind of long here. Zay Flowers, first touchdown scorer for the Baltimore Ravens Ooh. against the Houston Texans at plus 1,000. Oh, I like over that. Houston's going to be better, I think, than people expect, but I have high hopes for this Baltimore offense. And I think Zay Flowers is going to be a huge part of their passing game. They're going to be throwing it a ton, especially against Houston Texans, I think, who are going to be thin in the secondary. It's, yeah, plus 1,000, but I kind of like it. Yeah, that's I mean, we, yeah. yeah. We plus 1,000 is good enough, you know? Go ahead, sorry. Little, horizontal little, and, yeah. Yeah, horizontal yeah, and vertical yeah. stretch. The Ravens this yeah. year, Mark Andrews and Lamar vertically, Odell and Zay Flowers horizontally. It works. I think that yeah. team's going to be That offense really is going to be super fun. I love it. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like that one. All right. So let's. So you want to do trivia first and then this weekend's post history or this weekend's post history? Yeah. History and then trivia. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. So, right. uh, Mark. We're going to let Mark, Mark, we're gonna let Mark play too. Yes. So, Mark, we have uh, a trivia segment we're doing every week. We're ending every episode with a question. And every person that gets one right, it goes to the comments and you since you're a guest. First person that gets it right gets entered into a drawing. We're going to do, I think, at the buy for something from the Pat's Pro Shop. So last week's question, let me me pull up my little document here. Last week's question was, who has the longest punt return in Patriots history that was not returned for a touchdown? The answer is Danny Amendola. He did it against the Giants in 2015. It's the one where he was free and clear and then got tripped up by his teammate and fell just short of the end zone. Yeah, 82 yards, no score on it. Shout out to Thaddeus Skywalker who got that one right. This week's question, we're keeping it relevant. Which Patriot scored the game-winning touchdown in New England's only win over the Eagles at Gillette Stadium? Ooh. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Not even so the gotta, year. You're gonna have to figure out what year it was. It wasn't. I think, the, I think most people. Wasn't, it wasn't the Mortar Kick game, everyone. Just so. No, just so we're <laughs> no, no, not we're on the same page about that one. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a tough one. So you That's got, a tough you have one. To figure out the year, and you're going to have to figure out uh, which guy on that team was actually the one that scored. Because that was, <laughs> yeah, the game in question was one that was, I think, closer than people expected it to be. And it came down to there's one score in the fourth quarter, and this player had it, and it was the deciding one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And this is Pats have only played the Eagles twice at yeah. uh, Gillette Stadium, too. That makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Interesting. Very interesting. Kind of tells you what season it was. In case anyone, yeah. in case anyone has a hard time yeah, remembering, think, you would think. think kind of has an idea yeah. what season it was. And so, you know, um, I like it. Okay. So, Mark, you got a guess? Um, I do have a guess. I'm going to go Randy Moss. Great guess. Incorrect. Oh, incorrect. Yes. Yes. Not Randy Moss. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if somebody gets this. Might give some things chat. away for people out there, though. Might yeah. give some things away. You know. Yeah. So we'll see if somebody gets it. If nobody gets it in the live chat, then hit us up on Twitter or comment on YouTube, and we'll uh, we'll see who's able to get it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Final. Final. Uh, final segment here before we let everyone go. Here we go. For something we think you'll really like this week in sports history. All right, so I have a wild one for today. Um, it's a baseball related one because why not? So on September 6, 1977, Dave Kingman was traded from the Padres to the Angels for cash, straight up. Mm-hmm. And then, and then nine days later, he was traded to the Yankees from the Angels. Okay, it would be his fourth team of the season in 1977, and he would play for all four. At that time, there were only four divisions in in Major League Baseball, and he played for all four divisions in 1977. Man, I don't want to know what his moving costs were that year. <laughs> So he played for the he played for the Mets, the Angels, the Padres, and then back to New York for the Yankees. So he's moving across the country twice there. That's uh, I mean, at least it wasn't at least it wasn't Angels, Yankees, Padres, Mets. That would have been really terrible. That would right? be he started with the Mets, went went to LA, stayed over yeah, in San Diego, right? And then went back yeah. over. So anyway, so there you go. I, I've got a baseball one here too, a little bit simpler. Um on this day, September 6th in 1995, Cal Ripken. He broke Lou Gehrig's record for most consecutive games played. That's a good one. Legend. That's a good one. I like yeah. it. So I got I a football like one. On this day, 1946, the All-America Football Conference begins their regular season play. The Cleveland Browns beat the Miami Seahawks 44-0. You want to know how many people went to that game at Cleveland's Municipal Stadium in 1946? I can't uh, tell if it's going to be super high or super low. Like 8,000 or something stupid. <laughs> they still the stadium? 60,000. No. 60,000 people. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Americans love their football. Americans oh. love football. There you go. That's wild. 60,000 people. That's crazy. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, oh, there you go. Novak Djokovic. On September 6, 2020, Djokovic oh, was disqualified from the U.S. Open, hitting a tennis ball out of frustration, which struck a line judge in the throat. That's so good. I love it. I love Fantastic. it. Fantastic. 
All right. Well, this has been so much fun, Mark. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Before you go, everyone should be following Mark for God's sakes. I mean, but if you're not for some reason, yeah. let uh, let everyone know where they can see you and read you and hear you and everything else. Well, you see it right there. Right there. At Mark yes. Sufield, on Twitter, SBNation.com. Um, our multi-part NFL preview finishes on Thursday. This show comes out Friday. So when this show comes out, go back and see all the stuff we got wrong. <laughs> you probably get some stuff wrong on the Thursday night game. So you can make fun of us um, again on Twitter right there at Mark Scoville. Right there. Um, also, I do more than just NFL. I'm doing tennis. I'm doing baseball. I'm doing F1. Um, mm-hmm. an interview with drivers going to have some more interviews might be down. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Newcastle right there. <laughs> I was in Philly for the uh, summer premier league series. Uh, we don't have to talk about their most recent match. We certainly don't have to talk about Newcastle's draw on the group of death in the champions league, because apparently UEFA is just like, thanks for qualifying, but you're not going to make it too long, long here in the uh, champions league. But, um, Guys, always a blast. Love you guys. It's tremendous to be on. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. You know, when I blew that intro, because I should have said, give everyone the cavalcade of of places to follow you. And I just, and I completely blew it. There's no cavalcade anymore. It's just (laughs) the cavalcade is no more. It's made life easy. It certainly made tax season easy, too. I would imagine. Yes, that's true. A lot easier now. That is very true. (laughs) A less stressful April. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, all right. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everyone in the chat. We appreciate you guys. And uh, there's actually the next time we speak to you, it is going to be an instant reaction from an actual regular season game. Get excited. Get excited. It's going to be Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Take care, guys.